0: Welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So, pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat, and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 61, and today I'm in conversation with Katie Harrison of Step Mum Space. One in three marriages end in divorce, which means new blended families are on the increase. And whilst societally we are beginning to recognise how challenging it can be to be a mum... There is little out there for the unique challenges which stepmoms face. Being a stepmum can be incredibly isolating. And as a result, incidence of mental health issues amongst stepmothers is much higher than mothers. So this episode isn't just for you if you are a stepmum. It's for every mum, dad, grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, nanny, It's a, you name it, who stands at the school gate or does the nursery or the school or preschool pickup to get a glimpse into those unique challenges so that we can all better support each other. Parenting, in my view, is the toughest gig out there. So let's be part of a compassionate narrative. So as ever, if once you've listened, you enjoy this podcast episode, I would love it if you could follow and review this podcast. Share this particular episode with as many people as you know, so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time, enjoy my conversation with Katie. So I am so excited that I have got the amazing Katie Harrison. And I think, Katie, did we end up meeting via LinkedIn or something? We've we've found each other.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was a fan of the podcast anyway through, obviously, my interest in children, having my own children and stepchildren. And then I'd seen some things on LinkedIn and it was just like, we have to speak.
0: (laughs) And we did. Oh, my God. So I'm so excited you are in for the most wonderful interview and actually some great advice. Obviously, Katie and I have discussed before we've come onto the podcast. So there's a whole host of really incredible stuff um, that Katie's going to share. So Katie, maybe just start off with a bit of an intro and how you've got to where you're at with what you're doing.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, like kind of most of life, it's a bit of a coincidental journey fueled by passion, I guess you could say. So I uh met my partner about 7 years ago i had a 3 year old son from my first marriage and he had a 3 year old and a 6 year old i think they were at the same at that time both girls and going into it i was sort of spectacularly naive and thought god i love children and generally kids like me and you know this is going to be great and i i did anticipate bumps along the road you know but i didn't comprehend the scale of what was in front of me i guess and obviously, it's been tough. It's been really difficult. And for various reasons, um, which you know some of the people listening might identify with. And when I looked around for support for me in this kind of new, quote unquote, stepmom role, there wasn't any. And all the books I read, bar one, which is Stepmonster by the brilliant Dr. Wednesday Martin, but everything else I sort of read or came across, it was very sort of, treakily just kind of love them as your own, and everything will be fine. And very much put the onus on me as the stepmom to fix, even though obviously I hadn't grown these children. And then, sort of out of that, I have thought a number of times there should be something. There should be more resources. There are, you know, so many millions of women in this place. Step families are the fastest growing type of family, and there is nothing. So I started the Stepmom Space website and podcast earlier on this year really just to try and create a space where women can share their stories and to just try and start breaking some of the taboos around stepmums because invariably like biological mums we're not born with like a roadmap really in terms of what exactly we're supposed to do but there's very fewer role models or places where we can go for that so I've just tried to start those conversations and it's been brilliant.
0: I know. And I was thinking about it because I would imagine that from a media perspective and how things are portrayed about stepmums, you've either, it almost seems like you've got two huge extremes. You're the, you know, you're the amazing, everybody loves you, and you've got this wonderful relationship with their ex, but you've also got that whole wicked stepmum, the whole Cinderella. It's pretty much our children are indoctrinated with that from the very, very tiny. It's the wicked stepmother that comes in Mm -hmm. and ruins everything. So there's very little, as you say.
1: Yeah, and it's really difficult because you do see that in the media. You, you see it a lot. And I, I don't think the narrative of kind of woman versus woman helps. Like, you know, you'll read anything about some celebrity couple and it's like the ex and the, and the new partner and, you know, just generally creating conflict between them where there doesn't always need to be. And I think the the way that children grow up, all of the... Storybooks and fairy tales that we're seeing are about wicked stepmothers. Even the things that are more recent are about, you know, negative stereotypes. The only one I can think of is the the movie Stepmom with Julia Roberts and Susan Sarandon. But even in that, the the mother has to get a terminal illness before they can kind of get on speaking terms. So there's nothing really to look at. Or, like you say, you've got the other extreme, which is sort of everything's perfect and everything's rosy, and we're a brilliant family. So to not have anything in the middle and particularly to not have any recognition or support for women around feelings that are perhaps more challenging to accept that you have. So for mothers, biological mothers, society's got so much better at understanding postnatal depression and maternal mental health and having understanding of lots of the challenges that, you know, hit mothers but it's still quite taboo to talk about some of the things that you might be really feeling as a stepmom. And what I find a lot of the women will say to me is, oh, my God, like, I thought I was the only one who felt like this. I've been feeling so guilty for feeling like this. And and we shouldn't. like. And until we can create a safe space to talk about those feelings, we can't get them out into the open, which means we can't do anything about them. And then when they're stuck in us, we're not able to look after the children who are in our care in the best way because we're like navigating this emotional minefield all in our
0: head and there is so much I mean you know if we think about it even with our our own biological babies there's a lot of guilt around maybe not enjoying motherhood or actually not particularly liking our children at that given moment in time so you've got all of that guilt and I would imagine that that takes you to the whole you know, wicked stepmum if you go down that route of thinking, do you know what, I actually don't like my stepkids at all. Either I don't at all or I don't like them right now. Yeah. I mean, where do you go with that? How can you... That must be a massive isolating factor and feeling that you can't have that discussion, possibly even with your closest friends.
1: So myself
0: and my partner, we
1: obviously both have children that are biologically only ours but we've since had two children together and we will sit with our two you know when our two biological children have been particularly tricky we'll be like oh thank god they've gone to bed like they were a nightmare today and we'll have a good laugh about it but not the one's child because one it feels really uncomfortable when it's not your child and also the other one gets really biological children has totally shone a light artificial we were being really before because you're like treading on eggshells the whole time thinking goodness I can't say like oh my stepchild was a nightmare after school because that became one I didn't and I remember going into um going into school the monday after half term in the playground and you know my friends are going oh thank god they've gone back to school they've been such a nightmare this half term and i sort of mentioned one thing that my stepchildren had done and these eyes like swerved round and daggers at me and it is so difficult because because of that you just you just don't speak and then you get trapped in your own head with nowhere to go
0: yeah but how do you even begin that because you've what I think is quite interesting, Katie, I was thinking about it from that perspective as, as a mum, that whole playground, everyone standing around waiting to pick up their children, having that conversation with others. But actually you're talking, not only is it happening there, but it's happening within the home and feeling that you can't even say to your partner, actually, your child has been particularly difficult. Yeah, yeah. How do we even begin to start that? Do we have to start at home first with our other half? Or does it start with a playground? Or do we have to just be braver
1: yeah I think it is I mean in order to be brave there has to be an environment where you're going to be comfortable being brave where you're going to feel accepted and there's definitely a role in society the media literature to create better yet praying so there's that part definitely within your home and I Mm. think I almost feel like before you become a step parent you should kind of get some some support and some of the work that I'm doing and and that women can access on the website is around doing that, is around understanding, okay, what are the conversations I need to have? How do I make sure that I'm creating? And we'll go into defensive mode. I did it, so I had a biological child and, and if my partner ever said something to me about, you know, oh he's left his football boots outside again and they've got rained on, you know, perfectly normal thing to whinge about. But I would automatically feel like it was a personal dig at my child, when of course it's not. So you do have to have those sorts of conversations up front. And your point around like not liking the children is so, so important to recognise. Because as a society, again, like we expect stepfamilies to behave like first families, and they're not. So the earlier that we can say, do you know what, these families are different, they're not going to be the same the better. And I think that does two things, right? So it stops women feeling like the pressure to blend their family and create this perfect family. And it allows them to say, do you know what, my family is different. And that might mean that sometimes we all go on holiday together. It also might mean sometimes we don't, you know, there are some very, there are some very big differences. And it also means let's recognize, right, that biology does have a role to play. And there is sort of proven research to show that genetically you do have a stronger tie with the children that you've grown than the children that you don't and let's not ignore that so whilst you know we wouldn't I would never expect a stepchild to love their stepmother in the same way that they love their mother you do sort of feel as a stepmom that you're expected to love all the kids the same and to say that maybe you don't feels really uncomfortable but uh, do you think that's sort of stuff we have to be a bit more honest about at least in our own families
0: yeah and i think i was i was jotting some notes down while you were talking about it and i think it is that it's quite interesting isn't it it's about being honest right up front about about things this is the reality of it and also the managing the expectations because i think we enter into and that's uh, we enter into it in this being we don't enter into a new family diversity situation with an expectation that we're going to be the wicked stepmom. we go into it with the expectation we're going to be at the other extreme surely we think that everyone's going to love us not from an egotistical perspective but just because we think i can give so much i've given so much to my own children i'm going to love them just the same but actually if we don't have those conversations in advance
1: yeah and i think as well it's um that expectation of i'm i'm going to be brilliant for them or I actually I should probably say it the other way around. So the fact that you're so nervous about being the wicked stepmother is actually really dangerous right from the off because a lot of the women I speak to, myself included, at the very beginning try too hard to go to the other end of the scale. So you're trying to create a world that is not sustainable because nobody can be perfect all the time. You know, we're not like Mary Poppins. Like it life's not like that. But I think mm. and I hear from a lot of step families, you know, the weekends when the kids are with them, it's all fun and you have to go and create amazing memories and do magical things. So then kids think life is always like that. And actually, you know what, sometimes you've got to go around B and Q because you have to. So almost by trying hard not to be the wicked stepmother, you put yourself into this place, which is not sustainable for anybody. And then almost when you move back to being a bit more yourself it creates problems in the family
0: yeah and i would certainly say this sort of the dynamic around trying to make it all sparkly and jazzy and dancey and fabulous i suspect also then creates its own challenging dynamics so let's talk about because we haven't done this yet so i sort of made a joke jot down about circumstances so i'm imagining and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but there are certain circumstances to which you find yourself as a stepmum that might be more challenging than others. So I'm imagining that if you are perceived, whether you are or not, but if you are perceived as the reason why the original family unit has broken down, I would imagine that's going to be really challenging. And I'm assuming that if there's potentially been a bereavement and a gap, then you're pot- potentially perceived in a slightly different way. But that's my naive thinking. Is that, do circumstances make a difference?
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, they do make a difference. So the research will show that when the biological mother has passed away, the stepmother will have an easier time. And again, this is sweeping generalisation, right? Based based on what's, what's been researched, but um, will show that it's had a, had an easier time. Because, you know, a few things, right? She's helpful to the family. She doesn't have to contend with an ex. And again, the research will show that the the more difficult the relationship is with an ex, the harder it is for the step family to thrive. And also when there's been a bereavement, the rest of the family will, you know, obviously it's going to take some time, but the rest of the family will welcome a new woman into the, into the fold, yeah. whereas families, you know, they don't just consist of the people in the home. Sometimes, you know, I speak to stepmums who have really difficult relationships with their mother-in-law, for example, or their sisters-in-law. Mm. So you're totally right about that side of things. When it comes to stepmums who are the reason that the first family or the, or the first relationship ended, I don't know. it's not something and it's an interesting one because of course it happens but it's not something that I have heard many people talk about for obvious reasons what I do think is interesting is when you sort of see people talking about difficulties as step-parents a lot of people will assume that they are the reason the marriage broke up which is just kind of a bit of a lazy assumption but yeah definitely easier when
0: so you're tarred almost with the same brush
1: yeah, a little bit. And and I think from a child's point of view, you know, even if mum and dad have split up for whatever myriad of reasons, children will often think, well, if you weren't here, maybe my mum and dad would be together. And I've got a lot of empathy for that. I've got a lot of understanding for that. Like it's hard, even in the most amicable of breakups, it's hard for kids. And I don't think anybody's disregarding that. I, I just think the situation that we've got ourselves into... Is almost saying everybody matters apart from the stepmom because do you know what stepmom like? You knew what you were getting into. It's it's and that's not helpful and that's one of the again many reasons why stepmoms suffer twice the anxiety and depression of biological mums because there are no there are there aren't those safe spaces there aren't those outlets for
0: women. Yeah, because they're perceived, I guess, instinctively as the troublemaker, the instigator, the the, the the sort of challenge to things and therefore you made your own bed, now lie in it and deal with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's so hard because, you know, society again has its incredible gender biases which we all know plenty about um so you know stepdads are seen as heroes stepdads are seen as you know isn't he great he's stepping up he's really supporting the kids god she's so lucky to have him whereas stepmums it's either well she's totally overstepping the mark doesn't she know her place why is she doing that that's not her job or it's the other bit which is like gosh, she doesn't care about those kids much she's not doing this she's not doing that she should be taking more of an interest and because of those things it's really hard because some stepmums will need to be more involved for all sorts of reasons and some won't or some will want to and some won't and because there's almost no clarity of what a stepmum role looks like a lot of the women I speak to and it's one of the things that we're covering in in one of the workshops coming up is about like well what's my role what's my identity who do I want to be in this role who does my partner want me to be who do my who do the kids want me to be like because otherwise you're you know when you have a biological child broadly you know what your role is like you carve it out in your own way but it's pretty clear what's expected of you but when you get into a relationship with someone with kids your expectation of what you might be willing or happy or able to give might be totally different to his or the kids or the exes or the mother-in-law's and all those conflicts sort of arise from that. So again, like it obviously all comes back to communication and talking about that at the beginning, but I think for a lot of women, they might, you know, I spoke to a woman on the podcast the other day and it was heartbreaking because she had really wanted a relationship with her stepchildren, a bond with them, to be close to them, not to tread on their mum's toes, but just to have that relationship with them and they didn't want it. They just didn't want it from her. and that really hurt her. And again, in that situation, no one's done anything wrong but there's just this real mismatch of what I want to give versus what you need me to give.
0: Yeah. And I'd imagine that that will be different across lots because there'll be some women who, I mean, you know, I'm also a stepmom, but I'm a stepmom to much, much older women. And I feel that I've been in a more fortunate position because they had lost their mother. So again, I feel like all of those sorts of things. But instinctively, I would be somebody who would want to give and want to be accepted. But I would imagine, and this is no, in no way diminishing another woman, but another woman may not want that. But then you might have the child, the stepchild, who might actually want more. So I guess it's that, unless you have that communication, unless you have that discussion, unless you, and you're beginning to sort of manage expectations and get that out into the open... Yeah. As a step you're constantly left with all of this whirring around, this guilt, this conversation yeah. that isn't necessarily being open and discussed.
1: Yeah, and you touched on something really interesting then, which is about like the relationship between the step-mum and the biological mum, and what the biological mum might want or feel about it. And I think like my son from my first marriage, he has a step-mum, and... You know i've found that hard and i'm somebody who's really passionate about supporting stepmoms but it's hard right it's, you don't you don't grow a child and have a child expecting to send them off to be looked after by someone else every other weekend so i've had to do a lot of work on myself to make sure that my child kind of doesn't get tangled up in the middle of any of that and i'm really lucky because my ex and I get on fine. She's a really nice person, and the sort of person I'd want to be around my child. So, it, so there's no kind of major issues at all. But I've still found it hard, and it still sort of tugs at my heartstrings when he's not there because I would like my child to be with me all the time. And so I think it as a step as well. You do have to acknowledge it's really hard for a biological mum. It is hard, and I think some step who are biological mums as well. Can have a bit more empathy with that and can sort of manage that uh, not just not just stepmums who are biological mums but you do see that and I do think it's important to remember that basically at the heart of it there's just two people two women who are trying to do their best in a difficult situation
0: yeah and I, but I would imagine that that's a really difficult so if they, if we've got people that are listening who are the biological mum that are not yet maybe stepmums that are struggling with that sharing their children I guess I'm going to be really naughty now and say so but I'm guessing that there it's almost easier to perceive that stepmom as not very nice it's almost easier it, both ways to slightly demonize the other mm. and that's what I think I find so sad in lots of ways is that you know we're not able to necessarily take that step back and see that these are two women with their own desires aspirations pains troubles and in some ways it makes it easier if we can slightly dehumanize each other because then we can just deal with it that way or does that not happen maybe I'm just being really thinking the worst
1: no I think I mean it there are so many different situations and I I definitely think a lot of it can be tied up into why the first marriage broke up whether The ex-wife has moved on from it I don't mean necessarily with another partner but I just mean emotionally moved on from it so if they have and especially actually if they've got a new partner your life will tend to be so much easier if the ex Mm -hmm. didn't want the relationship to end and didn't want to only see her children half the time or whatever the arrangement might be then yeah it it is a lot harder and naturally some of the anger will be pointed towards the stepmom and and you know it's just really hard it's messy and it's complicated and it's hard for everybody but it does very much feel like up until you know very recently there's there's no way to for a to talk about it there's it's very much like well you knew he you know you knew he had kids when you met him what did you expect and we don't say that to a biological mum struggling with her child well you knew what would happen when you got pregnant didn't you yeah you know so it's just like this huge (laughs) double standard and and that then makes stepmums just want to kind of like clam up and not speak to anybody I so yeah it, it possibly is easier to demonize the other woman in the kind of triangle if we can call it that I think also it probably prevents one from having to confront some uncomfortable things about yourself yeah so a lot of the time a woman might feel triggered by a behavior because it makes her feel something about herself rather than the actual behavior so I do think it is really important that we try to you know you're only responsible for yourself obviously but we try and manage our own emotions and do the work on ourselves as best we can
0: yeah and that's and that is I mean it's it's a sort of I don't know whether it's well known necessarily but there is psychological theory around that and it's not just we're not just talking about stepmoms or biological mums. we're talking about human beings we're often massively triggered and i talk about it quite often in that we can often be triggered by our own children that there'll be certain aspects of their behavior that really at a visceral level triggers us and what i would say is often we need to take a step back and actually ask ourselves why am I reacting that way? What is it that my child has triggered in me? Because often it's aspects of their behaviour that reflect a mirror to ours that we potentially don't like and it ends up becoming slightly projected. And, and that is universal. That is nothing unique to the whole step biological mum situation. It's an inherent part of us as human beings.
1: Mm, that's really interesting. I can, I can definitely put that Yeah, I can definitely see how that's played out in some of the conversations I've had with stepmoms. Stepmoms and stepdaughters are notoriously difficult, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say. And now I think biological daughters and mums are always going to be. There's a lot of this sort of stuff that, you know, dads and their sons and and all of these aspects are, if we're going to go stereotypical, that we would necessarily expect. But Katie, can I ask you then? What have you seen in the work that you have done? And I I'm, I know obviously a lot of this is going to be individual circumstances, but what have you seen that's been done in a positive way that has given the best, you know, if we could start from a blank slate, if we are separated, we've got children, we're going, we're going through that separation process, we know that at some point, we're going to start another relationship and there will be some there'll be ch- children involved at some level so we potentially could be a step and also be the biological mum. what have you seen if we were able to start with that blank slate that you know seems to give everybody the best chance of it working more smoothly
1: yeah so one of the most important things is for the biological mum to give their kids permission to like the step so that might be by saying you know hasn't Sophie got a really interesting job or it's just positive things that make the kid feel okay about the stepmom. or it might be something implicit that when they bring a picture home and say oh I've I created this at daddy and Jane's house you say what a lovely picture or what a lovely thing to do there just so they're getting that kind of positive reinforcement rather than you know what I've heard in sim which is like the picture just gets snatched and grabbed because we don't want anything from daddy and Jane's house here like those those very subtle things like create massive impact on kids so firstly 100% as the biological mum you have to no matter how painful give your kids permission to like the step the only person you're going to hurt if you don't is your kids so definitely that
0: but also yourself I'd say in the process as well because it creates pain
1: yeah and I would say something that's really important and which I only started to do a year ago is to be honest in an age appropriate way with your stepchildren about how you're feeling so I never told them about anything I was finding hard until it got to a point where I was kind of like completely in a really bad mental place full of anxiety and they would just see somebody walking around kind of who was really tense and on edge and actually I wish I'd shown a bit more vulnerability early on to say you know I'm finding this difficult or I'm not I'm not sure what I should do Um, because actually when I did talk to them about it they were brilliant really really understanding and we were able to have a really actually a really healing conversation because I think as a grown-up it's so tempting to not show any weakness at all so they probably thought I was this kind of person who didn't ever feel bad or upset about anything so I think that's something that's important as well obviously it all depends on the age of the stepkids in the situation but I think it's important
0: but I think that that's an important thing because I talk about it all the time as, as biological parents as parents just generally is that children are often struggling with a lot of situations emotionally they have their own anxieties and worries and nervousness and lack of confidence and when we unwittingly present a persona that is we're capable we can do anything nothing phases us the child feels like that that there's something wrong with them because they're not able so when we open up on the contrary to what to our belief that actually if i open up about feeling nervous or anxious or worrying or not knowing what to do i'm going to create anxiety by talking about it you do the exact opposite your child thinks oh my goodness thank god i'm not the only one that's finding mm. this particular thing difficult and I would have thought from a dynamic of step-parent, step-mum, then that is at least like, oh, goodness me, so she's finding it just as difficult as I'm finding it. So mm-hmm. there, and there's I think this a... sort of shared... Yeah,
1: and a lot of the time the the step-parent and the child... Are both sort of feeling the same about things like you know oh you know step might feel like oh I'm worried I won't fit into their family, but stepchild's feeling like, well, I'm worried I won't fit into their family, and you know there's some of those really core things it feels quite emotional to talk about, but there's some of those really core things that actually you're both feeling the same
0: and that's a hu- that's an innate human you know that we have to kind of remember from a child's perspective their worst fear is abandonment so it, in lots of ways, we need to speak to and address that. And then as human beings, we instinctively want to be part of a community, a group, a network. We want to belong. So we're we're feeling the same things, but coming at it from the adult and from the child perspective. So being open and having those discussions. And in age appropriate, and I often talk about a development appropriate way. So actually not necessarily how old your child is, but emotionally how developed are they? And able to take on that information, that surely must be a process of just being i know it 's cliched that authentic, but being honest and being truly you, because actually surely if we 've got nothing else in this difficult situation that we find ourselves in we 've got us who we really are
1: a hundred percent, and I think that that who we really are bit can sometimes get really lost in step parenting. one one of the workshops that um, we're running is going to kind of focus on that. You know, who do you want to be? Because you go into this role and suddenly, who are you? Like, you know, when you're in a first family, you naturally or subconsciously kind of carve out the values of your family, the traditions of your family, how that family runs. And then suddenly, when you're in a step family, you can have two completely different sort of family cultures colliding and they can sometimes they can really work but sometimes they're completely different and like how people navigate that is really complicated because obviously everyone has to compromise but those two houses might have entirely different points of view on some quite important things in the world
0: yeah absolutely and i think actually katie you've just sort of made me think i think we need to do another episode that specifically addresses. So, I mean, obviously, we're talking about stepmums, but I do think that there's real use in us coming on and doing another podcast episode. Because I'm thinking about things like Christmas. Yeah. When we're talking about managing difficult behaviour, yeah. how do we do that? And, it, and I, I'm not a big fan of using the word discipline. Yeah. But it's actually because you've got it's. I'm all full of analogies. <laughs> you know, we're merging two companies with two exactly. company cultures that have that can be massively different yeah how do you then negotiate that and then create a new culture that is either a blend yep. or not a blend and how do you do that yeah so i definitely think so katie we'll be back do not fear
1: <laughs> definitely and that that is something that is and it can be the tiniest little things like you know in one house the kids wear their shoes in the other house they don't you know but that can become massive, and or it can be huge things in terms of you know culture, religion, very different points of view on the world. Ours was always social media. I didn't think it was appropriate, but they had it in their other house. So then I'm like the mean, strict, nasty person. Um, but you know, it, it is it is really, really, really challenging. And how much it's like how much of yourself are you prepared to
0: give? <laughs> definitely so just to wrap up because we're going to do we will i think we definitely need to do that other episode if someone is listening to this right now katie and they are struggling so they are in that stepmom situation they are feeling unheard they feel lost they're on their own they've got nowhere to go can you tell the listeners how they can get in contact with you how can they reach out and be part of a wider community
1: course I would love
0: to um, and thank you so
1: much for having me on because it's really lovely to be able to kind of talk about this in a mainstream environment because as well as stepmoms, I think it's really important that you know some of your listeners have got friends who are a stepmum they might never have thought about some of this stuff so the more that you know they might want to drop a text to them now and say let's meet for a chat or just create that space where people can talk and likewise, if there's a, a mum listening whose kid's got a step you know, she's probably just a woman trying to do her best at the end of the day. So yes, how can you connect to other step-mums? So... Um, My podcast is called Stepmum Space and you can find it probably wherever you're listening to this, (laughs) but on all the usual podcast platforms. Um, I'm on Instagram at Stepmum Space and also our website is www.stepmumspace.com where you can find kind of different ways to get in touch with other stepmums. We do sort of meetups and various other bits and bobs and there's workshops on different topics and things to do. Uh, by yourself and also possibly things with your partner and then i guess i would just say like you're not alone you're not a bad person whatever you're feeling is entirely normal although i'm not a massive fan of that word but you know don't don't beat yourself up because you're doing the hardest job in parenting
0: yeah i think so and actually i love katie that that lovely reminder there is that actually you might be listening to this because it's a podcast on how not to scrub your kids and you know you're looking for uh, tips on various things but I think you might not be a stepmum. You may not be in that situation, but you will hundred percent know either other parents at your children's schools or friends that are going through this that actually as you say, I mean maybe me feel quite emotional when you said it, but that just send that message create that space for them to feel that they can equally say to you with no judgment that they're really struggling and that maybe that day they don't particularly like their stepchildren or they're finding it really difficult so that we can create that space that that's okay in the same ways we do when we have those moments where we practically want to strangle our children and send them back (laughs) or whatever it might be it's just being able to have that space oh katie thank you so much so much i think we could just talk for hours and and we will definitely katie will be back and we will talk thank you so much for coming in it's been brilliant